Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. First thoughts on Google Home, Google's answer to Amazon Echo, plus a conversation with Peter Taylor of Belkin Wemo, all in today's podcast. This is Mike Wolf. You might be thinking, hey, didn't Mike just publish a podcast a couple of days ago? Uh, yes, he did. Yes, I did. And that goes to show you the wisdom of doing a podcast right before Google has their big conference. Um, and they had their big conference announced Google Home. The good news is uh, Peter Taylor of Belkin, he runs product for Belkin, great guy. We were going to chat uh, anyway, so I just moved that up a couple days and, and chatted over what's happening with Belkin, but also got Peter's perspective and kind of talked through work through what Google Home means. I'd actually written up a post about that. Uh, you can see that link in the show notes uh, on my first thoughts about Google Home because this is happening pretty quickly. But I wanted to turn something out, wanted to get a podcast out there because uh, oftentimes when big news like this happens, it's always fun to talk about it in podcast form. If you have some thoughts about Google Home, feel free to let me know on Twitter. Uh, either just shout out on Twitter or through direct message. I'm at Michael Wolf. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I want to thank Peter Taylor from Belkin for taking time. If you guys haven't had a chance to hear from Peter, he's a super smart guy, as you'll find out on the podcast. All right, folks, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Peter, how's it going? It's good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. We caught up at South by Southwest. That was the last time we, we caught up. And uh, things are moving fast for you guys. You guys have some news this week about uh, the Nest integration but we're gonna say we're gonna say that news for later. <laughs> Very good. But how are you doing? First off, yeah, we're good. It's uh, this crazy industry keeps throwing exciting stuff in the news, so we're really excited to see some of the things that have happened this week already. And it's a really busy season. Like I always notice, like this time of year, uh, right before summer, uh, Google I/O happens, and then like actually, usually in June, you have an Apple event. So like things just happen really, really rapidly. So I think that's we're in that busy season now. And the reason we're getting together, because I actually just published a podcast talking about some of the news. And I actually, I was not very wisely speculating about what Google do. I had to go back to the drawing board and do a podcast day because Google came out with a huge blockbuster piece of news. They actually released their Google Home. Did you see anything about that? Yeah, we did. Um, we're really excited to see more big uh, investors in this space getting excited behind the power of voice in the home. Um, from our limited experience uh, with Amazon Echo, we were one of the first guys to launch with that. We've learned quite a bit. And it seems there's some real um, underlying truths as to why voice is great for connected home, and, and which we understand a little bit of. And it seems like with Google coming into the space too, that this can only get bigger and get more exciting for consumers. So uh, we're really excited about it. And one of the great mysteries for me uh, with regards to Smart Home has been how slow Google's moved with their voice technology because they've been developing voice and virtual assistant technology for at least half a decade, I would imagine, certainly Google voice recognition. Um, so I'm glad that they're finally doing it. It took Amazon with the Echo and the success they've had for, I think, to them to realize how, how much potential there is. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that designing the voice interface for the home is quite different to the voice interface for uh, personal devices. 
um, we have a concept we call focus of access, which is that the, if you're a single person, if you're a person and you've got a phone in your pocket and you pull out an app, you open an app when you want it and it's for you. And if you're walking down the street, then no one else can see it. And that's kind of appropriate. Uh, when you talk about the home and you think about something as simple as a light switch, there's a light switch that many people can access if they're in arm's reach. And that's great. It works really well for the home because you trust everyone in the home will control your light switch in a way that's appropriate for your family. Um, if you go, so it's a bit more access to a bit more people, um, but it's still a single point of focus. The voice interface um, seems to work on several levels that there's this magic feeling of talking to your home, which I've, I've only seen people wowed by in their first few experiences uh, as long as the accuracy is good enough. But then there's this concept of it just being appropriate for the fact you trust everyone in your home. And you can give everyone access to things quite easily. And with voice, now you don't even need to be in arm's reach. So we'd see that as the widest kind of focus of access, access for everyone. And multiple people can then partake in controlling things, which is great and, and opens up features. It also then was going to create some design challenges for things that you don't want everyone to be able to control in your house. Uh, and uh, obviously the example would be a younger kid with an oven uh, or a younger kid with something that, that might be a safety concern. Um, all of those things are up to make the design challenge for the home quite different to that for just the mobile device. So I don't know how long Google have been working on it, but it's a great thing they've brought it to market. And um, I love the design of the thing they've brought together. Yeah, you make a great point. It's it's a vastly different world where you're when you're going, you know, one to one interaction on a phone. It's like a personal device versus the the mini to to one or mini to kind of smart home interaction layer that you would have with a voice control. And then you have to just layer in all the far field listening technology that is much different than you have in, in a cell phone. So that's one of the right, the things right. that Amazon has set itself apart with they've done a good job on and i imagine that google's been investing heavily there as well yeah i think that we did quite a lot of work on acoustics in the home and audio in the home as a sensing platform and it's really tricky because the audio dynamics in the house change when you open and close curtains quite significantly uh background noise in the home that can be acceptable to humans can sometimes make it difficult for microphones and reverberation and where you put a speaker like Sonos have, have created great technologies to optimize your audio experience when you're listening. Uh, after the speaker has found its location in your house and it knows where its paired speaker is. But the same applies when you're using microphones. It, the env immediate environment, the 20 inches around the speaker will have an influence on how the microphone will work. Um, so I think it's not trivial to get the accuracy high in these things. And that's why we initially loved Echo, because uh, it's so accurate, uh, especially after you do the training. Um, and it kind of got past that barrier of being more valuable than frustrating, uh, which previous voice interfaces had struggled with. So uh, I haven't played with the Google product yet, but I look forward to it and hope it has that same accuracy. You you refer to the look of it. You like it. It uh, I think uh, uh, the founder of Product Hunt actually tweeted out <laughs> – a joke tweet saying it looked like a renews it air freshener. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I wrote that. I don't actually don't think that's an insult. I think that the fact it looks at home, it looks like a consumer product. It looks at home in the kitchen is something that probably Google wanted. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things about the design that I love. So one of them is that it's not a rectangular box that could be confused for other things. Um, and it will have people take a look at it and go, what's that? 
which is great because uh, humans are trained to try and pattern match uh, things they look at and they might confuse it with something else if it wasn't a distinctive shape. Uh, the second thing I love about the shape is it's kind of a shape that you want to pick up and hold in your hand, the, the rounded base you want to cup in your hand. And that's a familiar and friendly way to treat uh, essentially a plastic box, right? Consumer electronics typically hasn't done well in being kind of friendly and soft and affectionate. Um, I don't know if you remember the Nabaz tag Wi-Fi rabbit that was one of the very first voice interfaces that took this kind of crazy friendly interface probably one step too far. Unfortunately, its voice interface wasn't good enough, but it was, again, a very friendly physical device and broke down some mental barriers. Did, did you cuddle with it? Uh, not quite, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I did try and talk to it. The voice just got very, very confused. This was back in 2005 or six, um, and it was too early for voice at that point. But but uh, we had a product we, we launched way back that had a, a similar shape, and people did actually want to pick it up and hold it. And it's very rare that people want to do that with consumer electronics. So we love that. Yeah, there's one thing that I've really been excited about in the last couple of years is just this departure from the black box, like the the kind of the mindset we have to create these like almost set top box or router looking devices that belong in in wiring closets. And yeah. Google's really headed uh, in a strong way towards this. Let's do uh, products that have that depart from this old mentality and do things that look different look more comfortable in the home. Uh, they even have their, I forgot what the OnHub, they have like a maker program to make like fun skins for the, the OnHub router. So they've really kind of embraced this uh, new approach towards uh, look and feel products. Yeah, I think we'll see this continue because consumer electronics before they were connected were just things. Uh, now they're connected, they're becoming experiences. And, and as things and experiences become closer and you can layer services into that mix as well, so things, experiences, and services all become joined as door locks can help enhance Airbnb because they're connected. Uh, Amazon DRS as a service can help you enjoy more your consumer electronics and your experience of doing laundry. Um, as they all become one, I think devices, um, brands, and even positioning of products that used to be only about the electronics and the printed circuit boards and the screens and the shape of the of the box with wires coming out of it will really need to uh, have an opportunity actually to tell the consumer hey there's more here there's more there's much much more to this this is an experience you have to live with every day in your pocket on your through your phone or even maybe live every day in your home as part of your furniture I think it's a really exciting journey. You know, one of the things it looks like with the Google Homes, they spent a lot of time on the multi-zone audio. I don't know if about you, but I'm I'm a fan of Sonos. I think we all are. If we kind of yeah, live in this connected entertainment world, like they've kind of set the gold standard. Oh yeah. And while we've all been, you know, I've been a little more critical of them lately, just because you know companies can tend to get rest on their laurels a bit. Um, they still are the leader in multi-zone audio, and I feel like Google Home, at least Google here, sees maybe an opening with Amazon Echo, and that. Echo has decent sound quality, but it's not a room audio experience isn't as great as it could be. So I think I feel like they maybe see an opportunity here. To, and so they really, it looks like Google Home focused on that. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think many of these speakers that that come to life will be have a, have a primary purpose in life. And clearly for Sonus, it was audio quality and they killed it and it's phenomenal. And nobody listens to Sonus and isn't wowed in my experience. Um, and I think and nobody's that I've seen has not been wowed by Alexa's accuracy. So, so Sonus, I love Alexa. I love, I've yet to experience this with uh, the Google home product. 
um, I think through our own experiences, we'll validate whether they've got to high enough quality to be a wow experience, either on multi-room or audio um, playing or audio, um, uh, the microphone experience. Yes, great point. I mean, we actually are taking Google at its word at this point <laughs> around the capabilities. Right. right. Um, but one of the things that's interesting um, that I thought, and this is probably worth discussing because you guys do a lot of work with partners through integrating with them through APIs, you know, they seem like they're taking, Google seems like they're taking a, a go slow approach uh, mm -hmm. by not releasing a developer a API initially with Google Home. And you mm -hmm. compare that with Amazon's fairly aggressive land grab approach to try to get a bunch of folks to build Alexa skills. Um, I think it's an interesting different differentiation. Yeah, I think um, we could, um, we can relate to that and we can see different people have done different things in smart home at different rates of integrations uh, with Wima, we've been uh, slow compared to some in our integrations. We've been trying to curate the experience for people uh, to make sure people are protected from tricky experiences. And I think that both approaches are, are great. I just think they're for different um, strategies, if you like. The go slow might might you might you might assume a higher confidence in quality. And the open up to everyone, you might assume more appeal, but I think there's a risk in execution and uh, quality of purpose of the device and clarity of purpose of the device. And you, you need to be careful not to end up with a Swiss Army knife um, when no one uses the knife because it's not the best knife and no one uses the scissors because they're not the best scissors. Um, and I think so. So for us, we love, especially in this emerging space, the more cautious and curated quality of experience. Uh, we think that's the, the more appropriate approach given where we're at in smart home. One of the things I love about what Amazon's done is they ex expanded the conversation quite a bit with Alexa to, you know, tying smart home and IOT to services. And I think you, with, you see this initial set of partners from Google, uh, Google home with their services, you know, they have, they have Uber, Instacart, Pandora, uh, Spotify. I mean, I, that's what I, I like is I think there's more monetization opportunities when you start to talk about services and just instead just selling units. So is this something that you guys have been thinking about? Yeah, for sure. Um, we think there's um, uh, a great model for people who are delivering services. <clears throat> and as consumers get more and more used to connected, uh, we may even consider the day where washing machines, dryers, and dishwashers are sold as a service. Uh, to um, get you the, the latest and greatest technologies uh, and to permit those companies to give you a, a 10 out of 10 experience in certain areas. So we've, as a business, thought about uh, value added. So we've actually got a camera, um, a four-star camera experience that delivers high-quality uh, streaming for people to their smartphones where you can upgrade and get a premium service. Um, and I think that's been very well tried and tested in the camera market. I love these more um, everyday life convenience apps being delivered through smart home devices because I think it makes smart home more part of real life. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Last piece I want to talk about with regards to the news today, uh, I, before we get to an update on you, because after all, you do run product for Belkin Wemo, and I think folks want to hear what's going on with you guys. So uh, you've, been, you've been very kind to talk to me about the Google news. Um, okay. Another piece of the Google, last piece of Google news is they also released a, a chat app. I don't know if you saw this, called Allo. Yep. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of what, what has happened with WeChat, where some of the, the the emphasis in China is maybe to use WeChat to engage with connected devices and IoT. Mm -hmm. I bet Allo um, 
and, and Google's new messaging app is going to be a way in which it could become or will be a, a control layer, an international layer for connected devices over time because it's the first instantiation and way to connect with Google uh, Google Assistant, which is the, the technology that's also going to be on the Google Home. And mm-hmm. if you imagine all the ways in which they're taking Google Assistant and allowing it, allowing you to use it to control things in your house or in your in your life, it makes sense that maybe Allo is going to be the way you do that in, in, in many ways. Yeah, I think that might be right. Um, you would have seen enough of the different attempts at bringing new interactions and new interfaces into the home, like the TV attempt, the refrigerator attempt. I think different affordances um, from different interfaces are still somewhat at the experimentation stage. Uh, I I think voice has some, has some superpower to it for people, and there's some very emotive uh, trigger with voice. Um I don't know how much these chat apps will or won't take off, but I think that once they get deployed and people start playing with them, we'll begin to learn more about how accurately they can learn for different members of the household, for different moods, different moments, different groups, um, and whether they are smart enough to anticipate or learn what I really want uh, accurately enough. Because if they're not accurate enough, they're going to get turned off. Um, and I think consumers' demands or expectations are extremely high in the kind of automation and guessing area. Um, I think it's quite um, difficult if a machine tries to guess something for you and it doesn't get it right. It can be very aggravating. So I, I think this will all be about cautious, high accuracy, uh, gently, gently approach. And if they manage that well enough, I think it could be very exciting. Well, one of the things I always appreciate is, is talking with you about the broader space, but I also like to hear about what's going on with Wemo. And you guys announced on May 17th that Wemo now works with Nest. Tell us about the news. Yeah, so um, we've always admired Nest. Uh, we think they've done some incredible things with the thermostat category. And we loved their, from the very get-go, their concept of the home and away status for people to make it easier for people to control and, and live with thermostats. So uh, we've been working for a little while on building an interface between uh, the Nest and the Wemo platform, and now consumers can have this great experience where the home and away mode of your thermostat can control any appliance or light in your house. So if, you walk, if, you, if you're a person who has a Nest that accurately senses when you're away, you can just walk out of the house without a thought in the world and your lights will do what they're supposed to do when you go out. Maybe your whole light turns on. Anything with a heat source in it will do what it should do when you leave the house, probably turn off. And your house is safe, and your house is taken care of, and you haven't even had to press a button. Uh, if you're one of the users where the nest isn't quite in the right location to guess accurately when you leave or when you arrive, and you're a person that tells it through the app, which some people do, then that single button press to tell your nest, hey, I just left the house, or hey, I just got home, will have your whole house, any appliance in your house, wake up uh, or go back to sleep appropriately. So it's a, it's a step into this world where it's getting easier to live with multiple smart home devices in your house. So we're really excited about it. And just more generally, I know that you guys uh, in at CS this year basically focused the product line for, with Wemo on switches and, and light switches. Talk about how things are going. Well, it's amazing. When you dig deeper uh, into switches and light switches, you can uh, you really learn tons and tons about habits. So we're learning things uh, specific to each room in the house. Uh, and it's remarkable that a product as simple as a smart plug would have different treatments, different usage patterns, 
Penguin Shrimmings in, but it's 100% true and proved out across over 150 countries that depending what room you're in, you use your smart plug in different ways. So we're learning these usage patterns and we're uh, optimizing software experiences uh, and iterating our hardware plans for the future based on what we're learning about which rooms are popular, which rooms have value, which use cases are the most impactful. And we've also uh, done a huge amount of work on the quality of our experience and have uh, had a great a response with a, uh, our app got to four stars and we felt really, really, feel really excited about that. So people are really enjoying it. Um, and Alexa obviously brings a lot of wow factor to, uh, to Wemo and we're learning a lot more about how Alexa and switches can evolve together as well. Hey, one of the, one last question. I know that you are within the broader Belkin world as well as, as well as having Linksys as part of the, the broader family. Mm-hmm. It seems like the router is getting more attention <laughs> in the last 12 months. People are paying more attention to Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, talk about that. Are you guys, uh, I mean, how do you think about the router and, and the Wi-Fi network within the home? And is that becoming a, uh, maybe another something that you guys can give a look at? Maybe like a point of interest as consumers uh, can maybe look at their home routers again and maybe say, maybe we can smart home enable this thing. Yeah. So it's the central point, right, of everything smart home for, that's looking for connectivity. So we're, um, we are looking at how the router becomes more than just a piece of hardware to give you connectivity, but becomes that overall connected experience for your smart home and, and what appropriate place can it take in someone's life? Um, clearly you don't want to be spending time thinking about your router, but you will be enjoying connected experiences as a result of having a great router and the spinning wheel of waiting for YouTube to load and the spinning wheel of uh, Netflix um, is is really, really frustrating to people. So we know there's a lot of value in just getting much higher quality connectivity, but then beyond that, the, the software experiences around smart home that can be delivered through routers are quite mind-boggling. There's a, there's a lot we can do there, um, using the router as a sensor, using the router as a controller, using the router to uh, bridge different software experiences, and even to replace uh, or take the, the role of hubs. Um, you and I talked about this a couple of years ago, but the, we've always believed that the hub was a temporary thing and a, and a short-term solution for a short-term problem. That routers will eventually be that and may contain things, useful things like Zigbee and Bluetooth and maybe even Z-Wave uh, if that uh, makes it through the, the challenges of this turbulent time as the technology forms out. So I think there's um, a connectivity role for it. There's probably also an experience improvement role as well. Uh, so we we are working closely with our Linksys colleagues on how smart home and connectivity all kind of seamlessly disappear into one magical and comforting experience. Through the turbulent times. Yeah. You find comfort in the seamless and comfortable experience. So I appreciate it, Peter. Uh, Peter uh, Taylor, the VP of product for Belkin Wemo. As always, uh, you're one of the most thoughtful guys in the business. Thanks for spending time with me. Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate it. I want to thank Peter Taylor for spending some time with me to discuss Google Home and also get us caught up on what's going on with Belkin Wemo. Stay tuned for more podcasts in the next week or so. We'll talk to you soon.